Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. We believe in the American way, and we built this country called the USA, and we fly our flag because we're proud and free. We're Americans. Red, white, and blue is our way of life. Never back down from a challenge or a fight. Nature provides, God gives the rights, we're Americans. Welcome, patriots, to our Convention of States podcast, titled That Provident Article, a reference given to Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution by James Madison. Our opening theme music is Amazing America, used by permission of Madison Rising, America's most patriotic rock band and endorsers of the Convention of States project. This podcast series is a weekly discussion concerning the fifth article of the U.S. Constitution, the amending provision, with a general view on the phrase, Convention for Proposing Amendments, and specific focus on the Convention of States Project. For more information regarding the Convention of States Project, please visit www.conventionofstates.com. My name is Paul Hodson, and I've been a volunteer with the Convention of States Project in Texas since early 2014. Our goal is to continually educate ourselves on Article 5, to bring timely information relating to the Convention of States Article 5 movement, and to promote the use of Article 5 to rein in our federal government. You know what? I've been on mute the whole time, and I just realized that. Here we go live with Blog Talk Radio. Um, my apologies. I had myself on mute. Uh, unbelievable. I had too many things going on. Uh, November 5th, 2016. We're three days away from the election. Uh, let me recycle where I've been uh, talking to myself. Uh, I'll fix this in the edit <laughs> uh, so it won't sound crazy on iTunes. Um, my apologies for people who've probably been listening and wondering what's going on. Um, who should I vote for is what we're talking about today. The election is just three days away, November 8th. Uh, this has been a crazy election cycle. There are a lot of people on both sides of the two major parties who are frustrated with who they've been, list- who they've been presented with. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, discuss why that's not uh, where we should be focusing. Uh, we should be focusing on not who should I vote for, which is a question a lot of people ask, but on what can I do to fix our country, and I know I mixed, I mixed my uh, my genders on on or my plurality, my singular on my pronouns there, and I did that on purpose. What can I do to fix our country? Is the question we should be asking ourselves. Uh, America is not broken; it's the federal government that's broken, and we are the boss. Uh, Ken Ivory from Utah, who was the president of the simulated convention, gave us some encouragement this past week. The the leadership team, uh, the state leadership team, and all the state leaders, uh, it gave us encouragement telling us that we're the boss. We need to act like the boss. You know, we, the people, are the boss, and one of the ways we do that is getting involved with something which can actually affect change, and that's more than just voting. So we encourage you to get involved with the Convention of States, and we're going to cover some reasons why you would want to do that. Let me give some context of where we're going. We're going to talk about 
James Madison uh, providing actually the, the title for this podcast, that Provident article, and he provides it in a speech he gave on the floor of the House of Representatives. And that speech was uh, dealing with the Jay Treaty, John Jay, what's, what's called the Jay Treaty. Um, some very quick context on that. I'm not going to dive into the history, which is fascinating, but the history of that is that we that this was the genesis of the two-party system in the United States. You had two sides uh, opposed on how they should reconcile uh, the treaty with Great Britain, the, the treaty which basically ended the Revolutionary War. And on one side, you had uh, President George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, and Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Jay, who George Washington uh, asked and sent to Europe to negotiate what's known as the Jay Treaty, negotiate uh, the peace, long-lasting peace with Great Britain and, and to kind of shore up what had happened uh, in after 1783 and, and the end of the Revolutionary War. On the other side, you had James Madison and Thomas Jefferson. Uh, they were opposed and uh, it, it's interesting to see that, that we had a divergence there and what ended up being the two-party system coming out of that from this treaty. Uh, and Madison and Jefferson lost on this. Uh, Washington was uh, a strong figure, and a lot of people have looked back historically and said John Jay didn't get a great deal out of that treaty. However, for the time, it was probably the best option for him to exercise and best for the country to bring lasting peace. But behind that, uh, Madison was attempting to use, um, actually trying to bring the House of Representatives in to deal with the treaty. And of course, the Constitution, uh, only the Senate gives advice and consent on uh, treaty powers. And that treaty happened to pass by two-thirds exactly. It was quite the political battle. Um, so after that had occurred, Madison was still attempting to do some things in the House of Representatives. And he gave a speech in 1796. The treaty had been ratified in 1795. Um, but he gave a speech on the floor of the House of Representatives. And it gives us some great insight uh, into why voting is not enough. And, and it also gives us insight into what we can do and why the Convention of States exists. So I'm going to read a little bit, which I don't normally like to do to read a whole lot. But let me read the beginning of, of this uh, speech because it, he actually goes into the structure of government, the structure of our government, which is the whole point of the Convention of States movement is addressing, rebalancing that structure. Madison says this, he spoke this, when the message first was first proposed to be committed, the proposition had been treated by some gentlemen, not only with levity, but with ridicule. And that was his approach of trying to use the House of Representatives to help work with the treaty. He, meaning himself, persuaded himself that the subject would appear in a very different light to the committee. And he hoped that it would be discussed on both sides without either levity, intemperance, or illiber illiberality. So Madison is saying that he wanted to bring it before a committee and maybe give it a serious discussion there. If there were any question which could make a serious appeal to the dispassionate judgment, it must be one which respected the meaning of the Constitution. And if any constitutional question could make the appeal with peculiar sol solemnity, it must be in a case like the present, where two of the constitutional authorities interpreted differently the extent of their respective powers. What he's stating there is that the executive branch, you know, with Washington and Hamilton, and uh, in fact, even the judicial branch, because you have 
Chief Justice John Jay there, they were holding to one side and Madison's argument was that the legislative branch, and particularly the House of Representatives, was interpreting a, a, a differently. Uh, Madison and Jefferson, thinking that the legislative branch in the House should have some authority there. Uh, so he was saying, look, we've got a government that's set up. It's not even uh, seven years old, right? The ink's barely dry on the Constitution. And this is a great case in which we are seeing a, a dispute between two departments, as he would call them, and we now call them branches of government, uh, are contending, and how do you resolve that? So here's his great uh, next paragraph in this speech. Uh, it was a consolation, however, of which every member would be sensible to reflect on the happy difference of our situation on such occurrences from that of governments in which the constituent members possessed independent and hereditary prerogatives. What's he saying there? He's saying, look, our government is different from all other governments that have existed. You know, hereditary prerogatives is a fancy way of saying, you know, um, royal succession, you know, that, that you would have from uh, in monarchies uh, and any other forms of government. They don't have the ability that we have because of the construction of the Constitution. And Madison is praising the construction, and he's going to go into that here. He's He's going to compare the construction of the new government of the United States with those other governments. And he, he states of them, in such governments, the parties having a personal interest in their public stations and being not amenable to the national will, disputes concerning the limits of their respective authorities might be productive of the most fatal consequences. Basically, what he's saying is, left to themselves, because they have ultimate authority and they don't answer to anyone, uh, they can have fatal consequences, right? He's saying that can be... Uh, quite disastrous to a nation because there's nobody to check them. The people don't have a say. That's what happens in these other governments. And Madison was a student of all the other forms of governments he had studied so much before the Philadelphia Convention to bring that knowledge with him to the convention uh, so that they could have a, a great idea of how to handle that. And, and they came to the convention knowing and understanding man and, and humans that we don't uh we aren't just perfect beings and we're not going to find the perfect beings who are going to handle authority properly we all have a tendency to wish to consolidate power and rather than trying to wish for and constructing a a, a government structure which would rely on men being uh, great people they constructed it with the understanding that men are going to try and consolidate power so let's build in a, a structure with a separation of powers in which uh, that uh, that tendency in human nature uh, will actually be abetted by those those departments, those branches uh, jealously guarding each other and jealously watching over the others trying to encroach on their own authority. So he dives into that uh, with this comparison. With us, he says, on the contrary, although disputes of that kind are always to be regretted, there were three most precious resources against the evil tendency of them. So he says, look, we're not unlike any other nation. We're going to have disputes. But unlike those other governments, we have a means to deal with them. We have three resources in which to deal with disputes and to handle them in a peaceful manner. And not just a peaceful manner, but to uh, basically uh, follow the will of the people. First, and he says here, in the first place, the responsibility which every department feels to the public will under the forms of the Constitution 
may be expected to prevent the excesses incident to conflicts between rival and unresponsible authorities. So what's he saying there? It's a lot of fancy language in which he's saying we have every department, that's the branch, we now call those branches of government, every branch of government uh, will accede to the public will because they're going to have an, uh, every department's going to answer to that. They should, by the structure, they're going to feel that pressure, and that should prevent excesses incident to the conflict between uh, the other departments. They, they should succumb to that uh, now, but what if they don't? Right? What if they don't do what the Constitution says? What if that uh, conflict they have between departments doesn't get resolved or doesn't get resolved in the way that the people wished it would? One, one uh, branch overrules the other and the people aren't happy with that. What's the next remedy, the next resource? <clears throat> Madison tells us, in the next place, if the difference cannot be adjusted by friendly conference and mutual concession, the sense of the constituent body brought into the government through the ordinary elective channels may supply a remedy. Elections, uh, pure and simple, that's what he's saying is, if we don't like what uh, one department has been doing, one branch, we have elections every, every two years, four years, six years, depending on whether we're talking House of Representatives, presidency, or uh, the Senate, we have the opportunity to throw the bums out, right, to elect someone else. So he's gone through two resources there, and by coincidence, those happen to be the two biggest uh, objections we get from people, right? They'll, they'll say, we have a remedy. And the first one they'll bring up is, they just need to follow the Constitution. We hear that all the time from those who oppose Convention of States. We don't need to, to amend the Constitution. They just need to follow the one we've got. But what if they don't? And we know that they don't. They aren't now. They're following a different Constitution, one which uh, 100 years plus of jurisprudence from the Supreme Court has mutated and uh, deformed in such a manner that it is no longer the Constitution it was. So what if they don't follow the Constitution as written? What's our remedy? Well, he brought up the second one. We have elections, just like we're going to have in three days, November 8th. We're going to have an election, and once that election is uh, completed, we'll know the standing and the makeup of our, our new uh, body of representatives, our new president. Um, now, that may not be what we want. It's probably not going, in fact, I'm not going to say probably, it's not going to resolve our structural differences. Uh, and what if it doesn't? What do you think his third option is going to be that he gives? Because this is the second one just happens to be the next thing we hear from opposition. We just need to elect the right people, right? First one is they just need to follow the Constitution, and Madison agrees with that. They do need to follow the Constitution, but he also agrees with political reality. They don't always follow the Constitution. What happens if they don't? Well, we have elections, and we hear that from the opposition. We just need to elect the right people. And it's not like we haven't been trying and trying hard for decades to elect the right people. And what if that doesn't work? Did Madison then get up and say, you know, try it again. Do it over and over and over again. Con continue to do that. Continue to ask them to follow the Constitution and continue to try and elect the right people. And that's our only option. Is that what he said? No. Here is the last thing which he puts in there. And if this resource should fail, meaning elections, there remains in the third and last place that provident article in the Constitution itself, by which an avenue is always open to the sovereignty of the people for explanations or amendments as they might find, might be found indispensable. So notice what he said in there. He's not just speaking about 
Article 5 being available, he says it is always open to the sovereignty of the people. Because one of the other objections we get is, well, it's just, it's, it's a good idea, but we just don't have the right people now to do that. We don't have Madisons and Washingtons and Jeffersons and Hamiltons and John Jays, and we don't have those people and Monroes and all the people, the founders. We don't have people like that. First of all, I would dispute that. I've met quite a few people involved in legislatures, especially at the state level, who are quite impressive and have great concern and are great statesmen. I mentioned Ken Ivory earlier, and we have some great statesmen here in our state of Texas who are ready and willing and will follow and do what is best for our nation to rebalance the structure of the federal government through an amendment process, uh, through the Convention of States. But he also says it's always open, okay? Uh, saying that it, it doesn't matter what the condition is in, the, in, in your nation. And why does he say that? Again, the understanding of the, the fundamental nature of man. Uh, it's not a surprise. They weren't surprised that uh, there would be a challenge uh, and that there would be issues among the separation of powers, abuse of that, or, or complete consolidation of power at the federal level. In fact, those were a, a lot of the anti-federalists. That was their concern. The, the federal government would eventually consolidate power and would become tyrannical. And uh, they have proven to be correct in that. Uh, but the, one of the remedies that was given to um, to ensure that there was ratification of the Constitution was, well, we got this Article 5 option where the states had unilateral power to amend the U.S. Constitution through the convention process. And we have so many people now who just say, uh, again, that first item he mentioned, that separation of powers, they need to follow the Constitution. And we have people in opposition say they just need to follow the Constitution. And we say back to them, we need to follow the Constitution. If it's, if it's good enough for us to ask them to follow it, why don't we follow it? The Article 5 is in the Constitution, and we're asking our state legislators, we are urging them. Uh, that's probably not even a strong enough word there. Uh, we are demanding, it might be a little too strong, but we are asking them to fulfill their obligation to rein in the federal government using Article 5. So that's where we're at. So that's why we need to do it. It's in the Constitution, and it is, as Madison said, it's the third and our last place. It's our last option. It is the last constitutional option that we have. Every other option after that, uh, pales as far as its legality and uh, and peaceful implementation. Um, if you want some ideas on how we've gotten to where we've gotten in the last especially 80 to 100 years, I would recommend you, you Google Governor Greg Abbott Texas plan. That's available for free. It's about 70 pages of text and 20 pages of footnotes. He goes in very briefly the history of the abuse from uh, the Roosevelt administration from really the Supreme Court, and that's that's from the 1930s and 40s with the uh, threat of the court packing from Theodore or from Franklin Roosevelt uh, really is what started us uh, from a structural perspective where consolidation of, of and centralization of power really began. And that's that's a freebie. You can go out to the Internet and, and look at the plan, read through it and read through some of the history. A great treatise on the abuse from the from the. Uh, Supreme Court dating from the late 1930s into the 1940s. And his book, Broken But Unbowed, uh, gives a great legal treatise on how the Tenth Amendment has actually been turned upside down. And he will go through that uh, with you. So voting, we've got an election coming back, uh, coming up, and we know voting itself is not gonna trigger Article 5. There's other things we have to do. 
So what do we have to do to act? Uh, that's why we're here with the Convention of States Project, www.conventionofstates.com. I'm not sure why my dog is barking. Um, www.conventionofstates.com. If you just go there to sign up and sign in, the first thing that's going to happen is you will be assigned, a, you'll be a signer of our petition. And we ask you that you give your address, and that's not because you get mailed anything, although that's actually not true. Every quarter, you know, one, you know, four times a year, you're going to actually get a very nice color, uh, and I wish I was still on Facebook, a, a, a color uh, little, not pamphlet, it's, it's really about eight pages, ten pages, eight pages, called the Convention Courier. Um, information of what's going on in the different states, uh, beautifully formatted. That's the only thing we're going to mail to you. But the reason we really want your address is so that your petition is going to go to the correct person. It's going to go to your state legislators, to your state representative or assemblyman or, or a delegate or whatever they're called in your state and your state senators, your, your lower house and your upper house, or Nebraska just to your state senator. Um, we need to make sure that that petition gets delivered to them. The, the stacks of petitions are important. So that's one of the things you do just to stand up and speak up is simply to be a supporter. But we would ask you to consider going further and being a volunteer. You can do that, uh, again, by signing up on our site and, uh, and indicating you want to be a volunteer in, in the Be a Leader uh, or, or some of the other options on our website. Uh, and all you're saying there is you agree that you'll go ahead and send an email, make a phone call to your state legislator. Um, that's how I got started in this process was I agreed, you know what, I can do that. I can send an email. I can make a phone call. That's not too difficult for me. Uh, but let me give you some other ideas as a volunteer. Personal contact. Uh, your, your legislators, especially uh, when they're not in session, are in their district. They typically have uh, home district offices. Recommend that you schedule a meeting. Have a personal contact with them. Get out where they are, and you know, in the next several days, that's going to be—they're going to be out and about. If there's any campaigning going on, even at the federal level, be it for a president or for your state senators or your congressman, the local officials are going to be there at those at those rallies. You can make personal contact, even two to five minutes with someone, just saying, "Hey, I'm with the Convention of States. I'm interested in the political scene here, but I also want you to be to know that we're around." Um, personal contact is huge. It's, it's far more uh, effective than just an email or a phone call. And by the way, email, the least effective, phone call would be next up. Uh, the next above that would be a handwritten letter. I encourage you uh, to write a, write a letter. Don't make it long. Uh, don't, don't write your uh, manifesto. You know, have a couple of key points you want to drive home as to why you're interested in the Convention of States and using Article 5. Handwrite that letter. Uh, send it because there's no spam folder for a handwritten letter. Uh, you know, email can go into spam, a phone call, you don't know whether or not that's going to get registered. It's supposed to, but there's no guarantee on that. Um, and then we want to go to um, personal contact is the most important and very, very big deal. Um, show up and uh, go to your capital. Uh, I can't emphasize enough how important that is and how much of an impact that makes if you actually go to your capital and uh, see, uh, see what's going on during the session. I had a chance to sit with my state senator, Senator Birdwell, during a presentation a couple months ago in, in September, 
And during the middle of our, or towards the end of the presentation, which was uh, our coalition's director, we go through the bullet points of, of these basic things, some of the things you can do. And, and that was right towards the bottom was get to your capital. And Senator Birdwell leaned over to me and he said, said that's the big one. He says, get to the capital, show up, show people that you're interested, um, make your presence known there. So encourage you, go to the Capitol during your session. Your state leaders uh, can direct you. Your different state leaders can direct you in your message that you need to deliver to your legislators. You know, there isn't a one-size-fits-all when speaking with legislators. Um, you, may, you may be giving them the velvet glove approach. You may be giving them the uh, pitchfork and, you know, torch approach. So you need to get with your state leadership to know, hey, for my legislator, how should I be approaching them? What should I be saying to them? Uh, how should I be uh, trying to affect them? Uh, you might want to consider a leadership role. There, there are district captain positions open in every state. We also have uh, some states are assigning grassroots coordinators to help with their district captains. Uh, those are people who just help round up grassroots support. Some states are still in need of a state director, you know, somebody who can help coordinate uh, everything that's going on in the state. If you have those type of leadership skills or are interested, um, those states would love to have some help there. Legislative liaisons, working with the legislators, kind of keeping track of what's going on there. And then uh, coalitions directors, we have some big announcements coming up in the next week after the election dealing with coalitions. So stay tuned with convention and how that's going to affect uh, our, our messaging going forward. Uh, well, our time's almost up this morning. I'm sorry that I didn't get started right away. Uh, I know that I, 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 missed, uh, I missed what I was supposed to be doing. Facebook did not work, and I'm, I'm not sure why my Facebook Live has been failing. It doesn't matter if I use my phone or if I use, um, or if I use my uh, iPad. They both have failed. Um, here we go. Madison Rising. Thank you all for listening. We'll, we'll talk to you again another time. Not next week because I'm busy next week. And thank you once again for listening to that Provident article. We appreciate your listening. My name is Paul Hodson. I'm the co-director here in Texas, the Convention of States Project. We want to thank Madison Rising for all the music that they provide here, our intro and outro. Go out to their website, www.madisonrising.com. We invite you also to go out to our Convention of States website, www.conventionofstates.com. We want to thank the Convention of States Project, Mark Meckler, founder and president, Citizens for Self-Governance, Michael Ferris, head of the Convention of States Project, and a big, big thank you to our entire Texas Convention of States team. And we invite you to join us again next week for another episode of That Provident Article.